Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Just received the Raiders injury report for Thursday. We'll go over that in a few minutes. It's a pretty lengthy list, but as I mentioned, we'll go over that. We'll also uh, look at the Chiefs injury report as well. Today's the first day of injury reports as they play on Monday. We'll get another one tomorrow. We'll get one on Saturday. Then we'll get the official in and out about 90 minutes before Monday night football kicks off. Of course, you can hear that game right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Joining us now on the phone lines is our good friend Matt Lombardo from the Matt Lombardo Show, brand new show presented by Heavy on Sports. And Matt, congratulations on the new show. How did everything come about, man? How did this new show come about? Too appreciate you, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's been a project that uh, has been in the works about since the time that I signed uh, with Heavy back in July. A lot of moving parts. We put together a great production team, and the result has been a uh, a really fun show where I get a chance to you know talk to some of the biggest names in the sport, kind of realize some of the insight that I gather from my conversations with league insiders like general managers, coaches, scouts, players, and the like. Uh, and, and Raiders fans will really enjoy the debut episode, too, because we had the opportunity to sit down and talk with Devontae Adams, uh, not just about Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers, but <laughs> really what sparked the turnaround against the Denver Broncos on Sunday afternoon. And he kind of filled me in on what went on behind the scenes in a couple of closed-door meetings last week. So it was a great conversation. Really excited about the show. And... Uh, Really appreciate the opportunity to come on and just kind of, you know, fill the people in on what they can find um, on the show on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and all those fun places. Yeah, no doubt, man. Always looking for some really good content. I know you do a really good job. Senior NFL reporter, been covering the NFL for quite a while. So uh, when I saw the announcement on the show and I did see who the first guest on the show was, I was pretty excited about it. So take us behind the scenes. Uh, How was Devontae Adams when he was talking about uh, what those closed-door meetings were like? Because I know that they had the the team-only meetings, the player-only meeting that did result in in a win on Sunday versus the Broncos. So what was the, you know, nuts and bolts of what Devontae was talking about? Yeah, Q, you know, it was fascinating. It wasn't just the one closed-door meeting. Devontae actually called a captains-only meeting when they got off the plane from, I believe it was the road loss in Arizona, correct? They played Arizona, lost that game Ten- before the, the, the class. Yeah, Tennessee, it was Tennessee. Tennessee, Tennessee, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, coming back from the road loss against Tennessee, called a captains-only meeting, and he told me that he stood up and didn't call anybody out, but called on everybody to do a little bit more. Uh, so, and the result was coming out of practice last week leading into the game against Denver that there was a, quote, more intentionality to the practice that he challenged, the captains challenged each other to spend more time helping teammates, being more diligent on the practice field. And there were apparently closed-door meetings with the captains and the coaching staff and eventually an opportunity for Devontae to speak in front of the entire team. So it really seems like after being in Green Bay, playing alongside Aaron Rodgers, going to the postseason as often as he did, it seemed like Devontae Adams might have seen some things that were missing from this really talented Raiders team over the first three weeks, called on the teammates to turn it around, and 
they kind of did in a big way in a, in a big game against the Broncos that now sets up an opportunity for them to, to start digging their way out of this hole. Yeah, absolutely. Again, we're talking with Matt Lombardo from the Matt Lombardo Show here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, you know, what Devontae did obviously showed that he's a captain, showed that he's an alpha dog, and guys like him, they just they just burn differently, right? They, they, have, they have a different gear that everyone doesn't have. From your conversation with Devontae, what makes him tick? What makes him have that burn? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's just the motivation to be the best. Um, you know, I, I asked him point blank who was the cornerback that he took pride in beating the most throughout the course of his career. And we kind of chuckled a little bit, both of us, because he said, you know, it's everybody. He challenges himself to beat everybody who lines up across from him. Uh, and he said Patrick Sertain might actually now have that title after the game that he had against him um, against the Broncos on Sunday. Uh, but, but I think it's a really deep-burning competitive fire to be the best and beat the best week in and week out. And, you know, having the opportunity to play now with Derek Carr, his former roommate and teammate at Fresno State, that longstanding connection, I think it has the chance to bring out the best in Devontae and present a really strong opportunity for that offense. When he comes to being the best, obviously he wants to beat every cornerback, but I'm sure that he sees himself as the best receiver in the league as well. What was that conversation with Devontae like? And did you guys dive into where he would rank himself when it comes to the NFL route receivers? Well, you know, I kind of phrased the conversation a little bit differently, right? Because I, I always enjoy when I have the opportunity to, to speak to these guys who are the, the best at their craft. I want to find out who they look up to, right? Like, I want to find out who these guys believe to be the best of the best. And, you know, I, I point blank put it to them. I said, put Devontae Adams up on the shelf. You know, I talk to executives and coaches and scouts, and it's almost unanimous that he's, the most complete receiver in the NFL, one of the three best receivers in the NFL. But who's the guy? Who are the guys that are the best route runners in the game today? Um, taking yourself out of the equation. And, you know, he, he rattled off the names. They're the names that we're all very familiar with. Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen. And he thinks Stephon, the, 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 uh, Calvin Ridley is a top three or four route runner in the NFL as well, which I thought was a really fascinating perspective. And it's a shame that we're not going to get to see him this year, but something to really keep an eye on in 2023. So that's kind of the perspective that I was going for with Devontae was, you know, who's the guy that he thinks are the best in the game? And I thought his answer was uh, pretty surprising. Matt Lombardo is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, you mentioned uh, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr. You know, he obviously wants to, you know, he wanted to play with Derek Carr. That's why he's here in Las Vegas now. But, you know, what did he say about the conversations? I know he's always asked questions about comparing and contrasting Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it comes down to work ethic. And I think that that was what's really fueled Aaron Rodgers, especially the beginning of his career, launching him to this point how hard a worker he is and that Derek Carr, according to Devontae Adams, is wired very similarly, similarly comes down to being a relentless hard worker. And he pointed out that, you know, these guys used to throw together in the off season, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams before the Raiders moved to Las Vegas. So they were, they weren't picking up where they left off in Fresno. They were picking up from where they left off in their off season workouts over the last couple of years. And that's what gives him a lot of confidence that this thing has the chance to be special for the children. Did he act like or sound like that he felt the connection was close, like they were almost where they need to be since they've got four games under their belts? I, I think you're seeing that, right? I mean, the first game of the year, 
you saw what was it? 120 yards on a touchdown, a bust out performance. Um, it didn't get the result that they wanted, you know, in the win column. But it looks like he was picking up where he left off with Aaron Rodgers. And I think that on Sunday afternoon, you really started to see that spark start to come back. So it, it seems like they're starting to round the corner, for sure. Talking right now with Matt Lombardo. You can find his show. The Matt Lombardo Show is presented by Heavy on Sports. Check it out on YouTube, and uh, you can check it out on his social media as well, at Matt Lombardo NFL. He puts out a, twi- uh, a link to it each and every day. My man DeMond's got one for you. I don't know if you and Devontae spoke about this specifically, but from your time covering the league, what have you seen from Devontae that makes him elevate that receiving room in the entire offense around him? Is he one of those players that the amount of attention that he attracts just makes defenses react and cover him differently, and maybe that makes the entire offense better? Yeah, I think that's it. I think you hit the nail on the head right there, Devon, because, you know, you look at the Green Bay Packers' success, and the offense was at its best when it funneled through Devontae Adams, and they were able to capitalize with the running game, be it Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon or small, you know, short swing passes to, to Jones out of the backfield. The tight ends have always feasted in that offense, and I think it just comes down to the amount of respect that safeties and defensive coordinators have to pay Devontae, not just as a defense, but as a yards after the catch machine, that it opens up opportunities for everybody else. And that seems to be what has made him a driving force in Green Bay and why I think the Raiders are so excited to drop him into a scheme, into an offense, into a receiver room. that already has guys in place like Darren Waller, who's an all-pro tight end, that already has really talented slot receivers like Hunter Renfro and Mac Collins in place. Uh, it, it just seems like you, you start to add that legitimate number one wide receiver that defenses have to pay attention to. It's going to create opportunities for everybody else. Matt, let me ask you this, because again, like DeMond said, you, you've been covering the league for a long time. How difficult is it for a play caller in particular to kind of get uh, you know, in a rhythm where he's spreading the ball around or he's calling plays for everybody, but at the same time realizes he has an alpha dog like Devontae Adams on the squad? Yeah, I think that that's a lot harder, guys, when uh, you have a young quarterback, and that's not something the Raiders have. I think that, you know, the... the the symbiosis between the coordinator, the play caller, and, and the quarterback, I think, really is what winds up throwing open an entire playbook. And I think that Derek Carr being a veteran, still trying to get on the same page with Josh McDaniels, a new head coach, first year in a new system, that's where you see some of these growing pains. And the more continuity you have with coach and play caller and quarterback, I think that's when you start to see, you start to see offenses take play. You start to see you know, quarterbacks reach the next level. Receivers become more consistent when there's familiarity and comfort in the scheme. And when the Raiders ultimately have that with McDaniels and Carr, that's when I think you're going to start to see the best of Devontae Adams and the rest of that offense. Again, Matt Lombardo is our guest here on Red Nation Radio 920. Final question for you, Matt. Uh, as you wrapped up with Devontae Adams, did he? Did you get the sense that he felt pretty confident that this thing could get cooking and that him and Carr and the rest of the offense and McDaniels can all get on the same page and this has a chance to be special? I think they're certainly motivated, Q. I think they're certainly motivated, and that player's only meeting one of the big messages was that 0-3 start didn't define them and that they believe they have a roster that uh, is really talented and that the record still at one and three doesn't define them. So I think that there's a lot of confidence there. There's a lot of swagger there. And, you know, I wrote this in my column on Wednesday morning 
there's an opportunity there. Because once you get through Kansas City on Monday night, there's games coming up against teams like the Houston Texans, teams like the Indianapolis Colts, and certainly the Jacksonville Jaguars are punching above their weight and might be a lot better than people expected them to be. But if they can go through that stretch at 3-1, and one, all of a sudden they're back in the conversation. Right. Something that I wanted to ask you about before we let you go is because you also talked about this on the pod besides Devontae Adams. D'Amico Ryans, the job that he's done with the San Francisco 49ers, what have you seen from that defense? Because you've talked about him, you've called him a mastermind, and that he's a genius almost on the defensive end. So what have you seen from the defense he's been able to establish there in San Francisco? Yeah. I mean, first of all, guys, I mean, you when you have tools like Fred Warner and Nick Bosa and that front seven, you're in a really good spot. Right, and you can allow a defensive coordinator and play caller to really be aggressive, really flourish, throw some exotic blitz packages out there. You know, my, my Sundays are spent watching three TVs and all 16 games at once between whatever's on TV and Red Zone, right? So I, I get a little bit of a 30,000 foot view. But Monday night, that game against the Rams, being able to watch D'Amico Ryan's work and just the stunts that they were running with Nick Bosa bringing him from the edge, then bringing pressure up the middle. They're, they're edge rushers coming up the middle. Their nose tackles flying off the edge. He had Matthew Stafford who just won a Super Bowl seeing ghosts and feeling pressure that wasn't there. And, you know, I picked up the phone on Tuesday morning and I called Nolan Carroll, who was an Eagles cornerback back when D'Amico Ryans was a linebacker there. And he told me that this doesn't surprise him, that he's always been a leader, always been a bright defensive mind. And if they keep this up, and there's every reason to believe that they will, He's going to be a head coach this offseason. Yeah, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that at all. I know that the Raiders actually talked to him during the offseason. A lot of teams talked to him during the offseason. So, yeah, his time is coming for sure. Well, Matt, fantastic stuff as always. Hey, real quick again, uh, your show, the Matt Lombardo Show, presented on Heavy on Sports. Let everyone know where to find it and, and how often you update it. All, just give them all the details that, that I might not know about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate it, Q, and thanks again for having me on. Uh, you can subscribe. I have the link in my Twitter bio. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Lombardo NFL. You can read the column each Monday and Wednesday. Uh, we have a big first and 10, 10 takeaways column after every NFL Sunday that drops Monday morning on heavy.com. And then my, you know, all encompassing omnibus 2000 word deep dive into the biggest storylines across the league that hits on Wednesday morning on heavy.com. And the podcast is going to be every week. And again, you can subscribe to the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, YouTube, all those fun places, and the link tree that's in my Twitter bio. Good, hey, good stuff, man. Congratulations on the show. A lot of great nuggets that you dropped on us today. We definitely appreciate you, and much success moving forward. We'll talk soon. You got it, brother. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. Great stuff right there. Matt Lombardo from the Matt Lombardo Show presented on Heavy on Sports. Uh, senior NFL reporter does a fantastic job covering the league. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Lombardo NFL. Great nuggets that he just dropped about Devontae Adams and the meetings, plural, that the Raiders had prior to the Denver Broncos game. Raider Nation, let us know about it, man. 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. That's our text line. Uh, chime in about that. Of course, chime in on the storyline through the first four weeks of the NFL season for the Silver and Black. We want to hear from you. My man Vinny Bonsignor has been real busy. He's at the Raiders locker room. He's already sent over sound from Darren Waller, sent over sound from Blake Martinez. Vinny is Johnny on the spot. we got a lot to get to, Raider Nation. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to Matt Lombardo joining us in the last segment. Dropped a lot of great nuggets. 
about Devontae Adams, the player, the captain meetings that he had, the captain with coaches meetings, the captain with players meetings. I mean, just uh, showing a lot of leadership. You know, and it's funny, every time we hear from Devontae Adams, whether it's in the locker room following a win, uh, even after the first game of the season following the, the Chargers' loss, you know, he talked to us for about six or seven minutes, and, you know, he said, yeah, I had a good game, but none of that matters. We lost, and, you know, he just really broke it down. He always breaks it down, and he always gives us really good detailed answers, really thought-out answers. It's never just, you know, the quick whatever, just try to hurry up and get it over with. He always is really – uh, you know, thoughtful in, into what he has to say and what's going on and, you know, what's important to the team and their success. And so I can only imagine what those meetings were like uh, with the captains. You know, can you imagine the captain calling a meeting with the captains? Like, okay, guys, hey, we need to get together and we need to be the leaders of this team. I think that's a big deal. So uh, shout out to, to Devontae Adams and, and shout out to Devontae Adams for, you know, sharing that with Matt Lombardo and Matt Lombardo dropping that us, on us here. On Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, definitely appreciate that. And Radio Nation, we want to hear from you. We don't have another guest until 4 o'clock when we have Lincoln Kennedy from the Raiders Radio Broadcast and obviously a former Raider offensive lineman. He'll join us to talk about the Chiefs game, but we want to hear from you. Vinny Bonsignor sent over a couple different interviews from out of the locker room. We'll hear from Darren Waller in just a little bit, but we got a bunch of texts that I want to get to. And before I get to any text, because I saw one text saying, hey, was my text not good enough for you guys? No, that is never the case. What happens is we get a ton of them, and we get a ton of calls, and sometimes it just slips through the cracks, and sometimes we don't see it all. I try to get to as many as possible. I always appreciate every single person that sends in a text. Even if I think it's the dumbest answer ever or dumbest response, I'll still share it because you took the time to, to send us a text. So don't ever think that your text wasn't good enough. It's just I haven't got a chance to get to them yet. So 69187, that is our text line, and also the listener line, 702-365-9200. Matter of fact, let me go ahead and start with my guy, Raider Sean. Raider Sean said, uh, what's up, Q? I watched tape, don't lie, of that Broncos game, and it's, it's very clear for this game the offensive line must communicate in the red zone, especially when they, need, when they send a blitz. Also, if Perryman could play, I would start Martinez over Brown. Graham dialed up some very good plays, but Brown missed tackles. It was bad in coverage. So the storyline, in my opinion, is the offensive line play in the red zone. Go Raiders. That's from Raider Sean, and fair enough. I don't know if you want to put Perryman and Martinez next to each other, I know Perriman did practice today with a, a red uh, non-contact jersey on, which I think is good. You know, if he, he has that, that means that he's at least cleared a couple stages of the concussion protocol. He's got, a, he's got more work to do. I know Hunter Renfro, who was in the red jersey yesterday, was uh, completely out of the red jersey today. So he was practicing in full, as was Darren Waller. We'll actually go over the injury report in a little bit. I don't know if I'd put both those guys together, Perriman and Martinez, but they're both good players. I think Jayon Brown... Honestly, regardless of what he did in that game against the Broncos and if he missed a couple tackles, I think that he's going to be a guy that's going to be needed in coverage. I, I don't know exactly how Patrick Graham plans on trying to slow down Travis Kelsey, but as everyone chimed in yesterday and said, the guy that you got to watch out for in this game is Travis Kelsey. So uh, one of the biggest questions will be, how do you slow that guy down? How does Patrick Graham go about his business? Uh, we got a text from EP Raider. Q, DeMond, what's good, G's? My biggest storyline for the Raiders is lack of killer instinct. Not finding an identity yet. Run the ball, play defense, and let it be an Adams day. Also, the dogs inside our defensive line need to get going. Uh, to affect Kermit is inside pressure. Damon, it ain't no fun if the homies can't get, get none. That's from EP Raider. Um, thank you for the text, my man. I appreciate you. And, you know, Lincoln pointed out on Tuesday when we talked to him that the actual the defensive tackles, I know they haven't got pressure on the quarterback, but they've actually been doing a good job. He's been, he was calling them uh, – 
block eaters and saying that, you know what, they were they were taking on a lot of those blocks, keeping the linebackers behind them really clean, allowing guys like Denzel Perryman to go down and make plays, tackles for loss, allowing guys like Devon Diablo to get a little bit loose. So uh, where I was thinking that the defensive tackles need to step up a little bit more and do you know do some more and, and, and get some more pressure on the quarterbacks, uh, Lincoln was saying that, hey, from what he saw from his vantage point, they were actually doing a pretty good job. So, actually, I'm not too mad at them. Would like to see a little bit of pressure, obviously, especially with uh, Patrick Mahomes. You don't want to make life comfortable on him. But all in all, DeMond, I think that uh, I think that they've done a pretty good de- job so far. Yeah, it goes back to um, when we had the caller call into Dispute Raider Mac talking about Trayvon Merrick and how he doesn't do enough. Sometimes you're just doing what the coaches are asking you to do. And what the coaches are asking for the defensive line to do and Trayvon Merrick, it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Right. Where people just think that sacks are the only – stat that matter for defensive linemen right so if you don't see sacks by someone's name you say hey he must not be doing anything right but that's just not the case for this for the defensive linemen especially those interior linemen for the raiders no doubt no doubt good stuff uh from the 510 mailman raider say q mailman raider here from the future biggest storyline is sweeping the chiefs and making the playoffs after an 0-3 start uh and it's funny that you say that when we went through the schedule, if you remember, DeMond, I actually picked the Raiders to, to win both games. Now, I wasn't that confident last night when I did the, the crossover the edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast when we had to make our game prediction. I actually picked the Raiders to lose. Like, I'll be the first to say I, I picked them to lose just because I haven't seen them consistently perform in the red zone. If they had been capitalizing in the red zone, I would say, yeah, it's going to be a shootout, but I think they win. I just I didn't see it, so I didn't have the I didn't have enough stones to say that yeah they're going to win this game. Now that doesn't mean they can't, because I do believe that there's not a team in the league they can't play, but they just haven't done it consistently enough. So uh, if they were to win this game on Monday, and then like the Mailman Raider said, ends up uh, you know winning that Week 18 game, um, yeah that would be that would be awesome. And on top of that, it really could end up being similar to last season where it's like win that game and you're in the playoffs. That would be fantastic. Another game at Allegiant Stadium with those, those kind of ramifications on it except for it's the Chiefs. I went into that game last week, if you remember, or last season, that week 18 game, and I was like, yeah, I think they'll win this game. I felt very confident in that. Man, could you imagine you have to win this game at Allegiant Stadium, week 18, final game of the season, to get into the playoffs, and you're – you're going up against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, who I think Patrick Mahomes is like, what, lost one game since he's been in the league versus the Raiders? I think it's one, right? Is that, is that what it was? I mean, he's got some incredible stat line against the, uh, the Raiders. If it's the Raiders, it had to be the bus game. Was that his first loss to the Raiders? I've, I'm not 100% sure. I think so. He has 22 touchdowns and three interceptions in his career against the Raiders, 2,546 yards, and they average 37.4 points per game against the Raiders. I think he's only lost that one game, which was the bus game. Not saying that they can't win, because they can. But, man, that would be amazing to have that Week 18 game be for all the marbles. That would be awesome. I w- man, I would love that to be the scenario. Uh, Vegas Pete said, when you asked about best offseason additions, I said, Hollins, how right was I? Uh, yeah, he's been good. <laughs> he's been really good. Uh, I think – I don't want to say he's been too good, because you probably can't be too good. But – I think that those games where he has real monster games uh, against Tennessee in particular, uh, you, you would want him to – and Arizona, as a matter of fact. But, uh, you know, you, you'd want – try to say it without disrespecting him. You don't want him to be the feature. Let's put it like that. You don't want him to be your number one guy. And in, you know, a couple games he basically was the number one guy. That's when all of a sudden I look at it like, okay, there's a problem when you have a Devontae Adams, when you have a Darren Waller. Those guys should be your lead dogs. But – 
Shout-out to Matt Collins for being able to be that guy, and also what he's able to do special teams-wise has been fantastic as well. So uh, we'll definitely uh, – I'm not mad at that at all. Um, Zeke in Bakersfield said, Q, do you by any chance know if any DB played linebacker at any stature in college? If so, that would be good to, uh, good to play in a linebacker-type role to stay on Kelsey so linebackers aren't stuck covering, or it could be a great fantasy day for Kelsey. as Zeke from Bakersfield. Uh, well, you know, Divine Diablo was a, a safety – at one point. So, I mean, I know that's a different ball game. I think, you know, it's funny, Raider Mack brought up Trayvon Merrick. I think this could be a game that Trayvon Merrick, I think Patrick Graham could say, hey, that's your dude right there. I would say Jonathan Abram, but we know Jonathan Abram's not great in coverage and that the Chiefs always target Jonathan Abram. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if Patrick Graham decides that, hey, you know what, this dude, this Trayvon Merrick guy, because that's something that he played. I know that Raider Mack's not a big fan, but that's something he did at TCU. He came up a lot and he, he, he covered the tight end and he would just basically do run man with them, right? That's what Gary Patterson did at TCU with Trayvon Merrick. I could see them using that kind of a, a scheme, but, again, that's just, that's just a guesstimation on my part. I really don't know. Uh, let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200, and let's talk to our guy Don in uh, Menifee. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? So I want to thank you so much. You make my drive coming home. Enjoyable listening to Raider Talk 24-7. You, JT, this is a dream come true, having a Raider radio. Thank you. Appreciate you. Hey, uh, Q, I lived in Green Bay area for 30 years. I just moved here this year. And let me tell you something. The Packer fans talked about Adams, how great he was. And, I, and when we traded for him, uh, I told all my buddies, here we go. We're going to do great. And you know what they told me? They said, he won't do good because Carter's not as good as Rodgers. I told them that's a bunch of crap. Carter's going to throw. Adam's going to dominate. Now, this is a game right here where we need to run the ball, punch it down Kansas City's throat, and then go deep, just like Al Davis would say. Let them go, throw the ball deep. And then once we start throwing deep, then run the ball again. We need to make make some wrinkles. We need to have guys like White show up and all of a sudden let the Kansas City defense freak off, going, who's this guy? We weren't prepared for him. We need to make a statement right now that the Raiders are not a joke. We need to beat Kansas City. And we need to send a message to the rest of the NFL that we're not done this year. Let's go Raiders. Let's get that W. And let's send all the Kansas City fans home crying. Let's go, Q. Thanks. I'm out. Hey, great call, Don. Appreciate you, my man. Make sure you chime back in with us. Uh, definitely like to hear from you. And, yeah, look, that's what they got Devontae Adams for, right, is to be a game changer, a game wrecker. I always ask that question. You know, for years I asked that question, who is the guy offensively that strikes fear in other teams' defense? And I never had an answer for it because I never thought that there was a dude that made other defensive coordinators stay up at night. You know who Devontae Adams is? He's that dude. He could be the guy that makes defensive coordinators sweat at night, wonder how they're going to slow this guy down. And when they decide that they can slow him down, that's when a guy like Darren Waller and a guy like Hunter Renfro and a guy like Josh Jacobs should really be able to eat a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, these are the games, man. Prime time. The lights are on you. The country's watching. 
If you're going to shine, shine your brightest on a day like that, right, a stage like that. So I'm with you. I would love to see them just throw out the kitchen sink, man, throw everything they got. They got a bye week after the game, right? So they can be as tired as they want to be, get that flight back to Vegas, and sleep all they want to be because they got a whole bye week, and then they go back and take on the Texans at Allegiant Stadium right here in Las Vegas. So, uh, yeah, they got plenty of time to, for rest and recovery. Throw the whole kitchen sink at the Kansas City Chiefs. Go in there and get it done and show why you went out and made that move for Devontae Adams. Great call right there, Don. I appreciate you. When we come back, we'll go over the injury report. Plus, you'll hear from Raiders tight end Darren Waller. Vinny Bonsignor had an opportunity to catch up with him in the Raiders locker room. You'll hear that next on Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got a couple texts on our text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Wanted to get to real quick before we got to the injury report for Thursday. Got one from the 530. It was Unique Ngakwe who initiated the powwow on the logo. Maybe one of the, reason, one of the reasons he's not a part of New England West. Maybe. I just think that they got rid of Unique Ngakwe because uh, Chandler Jones was a better fit with what they wanted to do and they were more familiar with him. I think that's actually probably a better way of, of wording it instead of better fit. More of just they're, they're familiar, that's one of their guys. You know, if you notice the, the team, the way it's constructed, there's a lot of players that are familiar with both Joshua Daniels and Patrick Graham on the team just so they can have their guys. So it's not a, basically a, one leader trying to lead a bunch of guys that don't know anything about him. So you got guys on offense that, that are very familiar with Josh McDaniels. You know, you got Brandon Bolden. You got uh, 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 Jakob Johnson. He's, he's there. Um, you know, they brought in Isaiah Zuber. Remember the wide receiver? They brought him in. Of course, they got uh, Justin Heron. They just made the trade for him offensively. You know, defensively, you look at uh, Jerron Harmon. You know, you're looking at uh, Chandler Jones. You know, guys like that, they're, they're just really familiar with the coaching staff. And I think that that – is something that they wanted to make sure they did, have a nice blend. Jarrett Stidham offensively. They made the trade for him because he knows uh, McDaniel's system. So I think that that goes a long ways. Uh, and one more quick text. Q, I just hope we don't have bad luck like that last Monday night game in Kansas City where we were driving and car went deep and that stupid camera wire knocked the ball and affected the pass. You remember that? I do remember that. That was a pass intended for Amari Cooper, and that, I think, started the, the downfall of Amari Cooper. I mean, that was, that was a weird, weird game, weird play. Uh, it's like all of a sudden the ball went up and nobody knew what happened. It's like Coop was looking around like, what in the hell is going on? I do remember that. I mean, you want to talk about bad luck. What team has a, a ball and you start to go deep and it hits the hits the wire that nobody sees <laughs> where, where the camera's at, right? It just it, And it did. And I remember it was like, was it snowing or it was almost close to snowing? It was, it was just a bad day in Kansas City. I absolutely remember that. Uh, yeah, I don't think that the Raiders will be in for that kind of luck because I don't know how you could have that kind of luck twice. I mean, that was just – that was terrible. Let me go over the uh, Raiders injury report real quick. Jayon Brown, he was limited today. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. Justin Heron just mentioned him. He got a knee injury. He was limited. Uh, Denzel Perryman with the concussion, he's dealing with that. He had that red non-contact uh, jersey on today. He was limited. Hunter Renfro still dealing with a concussion, but he was full. Uh, didn't have that red non-contact jersey on, so that's always good. Darren Waller was limited with a shoulder injury. That was something that uh, everyone kind of – Looked at was wondering, what in the world's going on? When I was at the facility yesterday, I took video because I was expecting to see Hunter Renfro in the, in the red non-contact jersey. Well, as I'm taking video of that and seeing Hunter Renfro, 
All of a sudden in my camera, I see 83 in a red jersey as well. So I tweeted out that Renfro and Waller were in the red non-contact jersey. And a lot of people wondered, well, when did Darren Waller get injured? And I wasn't aware of when he got injured. But uh, now the injury report is out. Shoulder is what he's dealing with. He was limited in practice, but he did not have the red non-contact jersey on today. Cornerback Sam Webb. Hamstring injury was limited, and cornerback Rakasin dealing with the knee injury was limited. Again, Hunter Renfro practiced in full, and then Foster Morrow with the knee injury did not participate. I have a feeling it's going to be another week without Foster. I just, I just, I mean, again, I haven't been told that. Uh, obviously, it was a few days before uh, we have, you know, before the game on Monday. But I'd be really surprised to see if if Foster goes uh, for the Chiefs. Harrison Butker, their kicker, uh, he's dealing with that left ankle. He did not participate. Center Creed Humphrey, uh, just a personal day. He did not participate. And then guard Trey Smith, a uh, pec injury, was limited. Everybody else for Kansas City was full. And when I mean our, everyone else, I mean Marquez Valdez, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling has an in, uh, abdomen injury. He was full. Juju Smith-Schuster dealing with the quad. Sky Moore with the ankle. McCole Hardman with the heel. Jody Fortson with the shoulder. Mike Dana with the calf. And Legarius Snee with the ankle. All those guys were full. So they're coming in uh, to this game on Monday pretty healthy. The one guy, one of the main guys, Harrison Bucker, is the guy that, as we talked to, uh, earlier to Josh Klingler, probably will miss that game. And that's a big deal because their special teams unit has been somewhat of a struggle since he went out. Now, let's go ahead and go into the Raiders locker room. Vinny Bonsignor is at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. Had an opportunity to catch up with Raider tight end Darren Waller. The uh, tape of Zumir's run, and you make a great block on that play. Um, Duarte's making a great block downfield, too. How, how much pride do you take in the blocking aspect of things? Um, I mean, it's really just, like, whatever is asked of me. You know, I try to use the best of my ability. It doesn't matter, like, what it is. So I, I try to, you know, take it seriously. So that play was, uh, I knew it was very important. That was going to be a play to get a conversion at whatever point in the game it was. So, uh try to take that play seriously. When you, because uh, it was a red zone play, and, um, you know, efficiency is really key uh, in that part of the field. Is it a little bit more jacked up for you because you know where you are and you know how important every play is down there? Yeah, and just, like, try to be clean with the block because when you're out there, um, you know, there's, there's, they're not in the trenches, so, like, you can't get away with a hold. So I'm just like, all right, let me see which way he wants to go. And he kind of, like, took off to the outside. I'm like, all right, let me just run that way. Um, so I was trying to make sure I was clean out there with that block. And, yeah, just get the first down. Lastly, uh, have you always been – I mean, the blocking part of it, is that something that's kind of yeah, – you've had to add to your game or repertoire? Or? Uh, well, that – I mean, that block right there, I mean, that was, like, my whole entire college career. Like, oh, right. I got, like, three passes a game. I forgot about that. That was, like, in the jackpot, you know. So they were, it kind of reminded me of that. Because you were – was it a – was that during yeah, yeah the triple option days wow okay so that was old hat for you basically yep being out there stock blocking that's, 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 Max, that's what we did that exactly yeah, thanks a lot man no problem there he goes right there Vinny Bonsignor and uh, Den- uh, Denzel Perryman Darren Waller tied in talking in the locker room really was talking about the way that Darren was blocking in that game versus Denver and what he did especially on Zamir White's uh, run Two instances of really good blocking for the Raiders that I didn't point out and I should have pointed out. One was obviously on Zamir White's run towards the end of the game. That was huge. But also on Amik Robinson's 
return when he took it to the house to scoop and score. That was huge because those kind of blocks, you're just trying to get out there and block anybody. And so there's a tendency to block somebody in the back or hold somebody or, you know, a lot of times you get to hit somebody that doesn't see you coming and all of a sudden that could be a personal foul. They were able to set up blocking for Amik Robertson to get all the way to the end zone and they did it cleanly without any penalties being called. That's a big deal, Damon, because a lot of times you'll see those returns and all of a sudden you'll see, oh, there's laundry on the field. Oh, block in the back. It's got to come back. Oh, it's always you saw it. I know it was not. It wasn't the defense, but with Mac Hollins in the Titans game, yeah, that big that big reception that he had, fifteen yards had to come back off of it because of unnecessary roughness. There's just always something, and I know that no matter which team you're a fan of, it always seems that it happens to your team more than anybody else, where you have like that big return, and then hey, you got to come back on this play. It's the refs. I you want you don't want to blame the players, even though it is their fault. But it's just the come on, man. Right. That's like the epitome of come on, man. Whereas it is the block in the back or just the unnecessary roughness on a big return that wipes out such a great play. No doubt, no doubt. So we want to hear from you. What do you think the biggest storyline is through for the Raiders through four games? Hit us up six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. It's our text line. Of course, our phone line as well seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. We'll have Lincoln Kennedy coming up at four o'clock. Vinny Bonsignor at four thirty. But as I mentioned, Raider Nation, want to hear from you. Charlie in Montana hit us up and said, "Q, the story for the season so far has to be execution. Poor execution at that on both sides of the ball." If the Raiders want to win Monday, they have to execute at a high level, even more than they did against the Donkeys. I think we'll do just that, and we'll win 34-30. to Go Raiders. That's from Charlie in Montana. 3.47 is the time. Come back. Close out hour number two. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. 50 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. My man DeMont Cotton in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. Raider Mike hit us up on the text line at 69187, keyword R&R. I Q, I got an easy name when you're in the home studio. Q's crib. I like that. Q's crib. I'm in my crib. <laughs> I like that. I'll take that. Good stuff. Got a text from the 530. Red zone deficiencies continue. Text from the 909. Red zone, the minus four. It's not like we're getting blown out. One touchdown away. It's from Raider at T. Got one from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q&D, happy Thursday. I'm digging today's topic, gentlemen. Biggest storyline for the Raiders team as of now, the inability to play four solid quarters of football. That's it. Simply put, here, we are inconsistent after four games, however. I believe this team will turn the page and become a 10-plus win team. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. P.S. I always close the deal and get that good-looking gal's number in my single days. (laughs) I ain't mad at that at all. A lot of folks still talking about the whole friend zone. Big Dub Raiders said, man, Q, you ain't never lied. That best friend zone ain't it, especially when you tell how bad – you could tell how bad their current relationship is. LOL, go Raiders. That's from Big Dub Raider. Uh, 702 t- – oh, LJ texted in and said, theme for the early season, patience. This team, this regime will be just fine long term. Again, that's from uh, LJ. Uh, let's see. Got another one. Got one from uh, Kayla in air quotes. Kayla. <laughs> Oh, now DeMond wants to be in the friend zone. I'll now remember to never bring Sand to the beach when I think DeMond. I hope San Jose State University smashes UNLV tomorrow night. How you like them apples, DeMond? Sincerely, Kayla. <laughs> and we all know that that's Sir Whiskey Ray, but still, that's funny. How you like that, DeMond? Oh, not at all, because UNLV is not going to lose to San Jose State. And I'm going to have to text Kayla after the show today and just have a good laugh about this. Oh, yeah, man. you have a good laugh. 
You don't let me don't let me go and start blow, uh, blowing up the scene, man. Don't let me go and and do that. Uh, we got a text from the nine one five WTF Morig bust. LOL. The kid is a great center fielder. Still learning. We'll get it done. He does his job and what's asked of him perfectly. Uh, that's from uh, like I said. That's from a text from the nine one five. Let's see. Got another one. All day Raider A. Oh, I already got that one. Sorry, I talked about that was one. Talk. I guess we got so many of these. Uh, my biggest storyline so far is can Josh Downs cut it as a head coach or is he just a good offensive coordinator? So he needs to stay in the Belichick friend zone. So yeah, got to that one a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, how about this one from the five and dime? The five one zero from Raider MG of the D lot hooligans Q and D. I think the biggest concern is whether or not the defense can hold teams with big playability to under twenty one points uh, consistently. After that, it's Josh McDaniels' head coaching ability versus offense coordinator ability, which I don't think is the issue with this team. Gruden was a good offensive mind. I don't think the offense was better uh, than what we have going right now. Honestly, we need an all-star, X-factor caliber player, either in the secondary or in our linebacking group. I think that'll make a difference. Go Raiders. Again, that's from Raider MG of the D-Lot Hooligans. That's a fantastic name, by the way. The D-Lot Hooligans is cool. Uh, Harry Ruiz just let me know that 915 is El Paso, Texas. So there you go. El Paso, stand up. Got some family in El Paso. I'm not mad at that at all. Uh, I thought I had another text from uh, El Paso. Oh, yeah, EP Raider. That's what EP. There you go. See? <laughs> Shout out to Harry, man. If it wasn't for Harry, I wouldn't have been able to connect the dots. EP Raider stands for not East Palo Alto, but <laughs> El Paso. There you go. Now I know. Harry, you on the job, man. That's right. We'll, hey, you know what? Let's give Harry a job, man. Let's tell him he can work on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> on Monday, let's have him sit in on the morning tailgate, and on Tuesday, let him sit in for JT the Brick. How about that? For that for that good nugget that Harry just dropped <laughs> on us, we're gonna let him. <laughs> we're gonna let him do those two shows. And oh, by the way, call the Raiders game on Deportes as well. We're going to let him do all that stuff. And then, by the way, he's going to do another job and do another job and another job. Harry, you got it, man. You I heard, man, it. he can even join you at Buffalo Wild Wings tomorrow. Oh, that, and he'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> tomorrow. There you go. At the Premier Outlets, that's where we'll be. Uh, Harry will get started at 1 o'clock. I'll get started at 2 o'clock, and we'll be cooking with grease, man. We'll have a lot of fun. I definitely encourage everyone to come on out there, get hooked up with a ton of prizes, man. Last week, no joke, Coors Light brought so much stuff out. I mean, really, honestly – I've never seen that much stuff to give away at one remote, right? I've never seen that much stuff. Honestly, there was. I mean, we had onesies. And, Damon, you know, and I'm not trying to make a joke about you. I had a, a onesie that I held to the side for Demi, you know, Jason and Demi. Mm -hmm. I held one aside for Demi, and I was going to give it to her at the Rockstar on Saturday. Why I did, in the hurry that I was to get out of Buffalo Wild Wings and head to the house so I could jump on ESPN, why did I leave it behind? Sounds like it sounds about right. You thought you had to be on air at six. I know, I know, and then I didn't have to be on the air till seven. But man, when I got to the rock star on Saturday and I saw Demi, I said, "Damn it!" And I was like, the first thing I said when I saw her, which is not the way you want to greet somebody, right? Like as soon as you see someone, damn it! It's like you're mad that you're seeing them. No, as soon as I saw her, I remembered I had that onesie for her that I thought that because you definitely weren't going to be able to fit in it, but you know, Demi's a little bit taller, so I thought, okay, that'd be cool. But no such luck. So maybe. Just maybe if they bring another one, I'll remember. I told Jason, I was like, hey, I got I – got, Jason's too short for it too. He wouldn't fit in it either. Uh, he's not as short as you, but he's still – you know, he's, uh, he, he, he wouldn't fit in it either. But, but Debbie might because she's a little bit taller. So there's that. And then what else did they have? They had jerseys. They had uh, like a hoodie. 
Um, I'm wearing one of the hats right now. It's phenomenal. Yeah, 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 you've been wearing a hat since like every day since I gave it to you. It's a good hat. It is a pretty good looking hat. They had multiple. They had that hat that you're wearing, which is white and blue. Uh, it says what Las Vegas on it. It's a pretty fancy little hat. Uh, but they had a black one as well. I'm telling you, and there it wasn't like they just had one or two hats. The reason why Demond has one is because I had a sleeve of hats. Like literally, we had like ten or fifteen black hats. We had ten or fifteen white hats. It was just that simple. We had all kinds of stuff out there. So uh, I encourage you to come on out there between the hours. Of, well, like I said, Harry Ruiz will get started at 1. I'll get started at 2. And uh, we'll be out there until 5 o'clock. So come on out, hang out with us, and take, take something home. I'm not taking anything with me. And when I say that, I, I always mean it. And even when I do intend on bringing something home, I still forget. So there's that. But uh, shout-out to my guy, Harry. Shout-out to everyone who's going to come on out to Buffalo Wild Wings and hang out with us tomorrow evening and uh, close out the week really strong. Speaking of closing out the week, let's talk to Lincoln Kennedy for the Raiders radio broadcast, uh, former offensive lineman. He knows the game inside and out. We'll talk to him as we kick off hour number three of the show. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920.